it was done. I turned in my first ever article for publication in the school paper. I was so excited. And then Miss Carol took it. She read it. She smiled and she looked up at me and she was like, it's good. It, it's, it's good. And I could tell she didn't want to hurt my feelings. And so I was like, what's wrong? And she said, the assignment was to give a new take on the subject. Well, didn't I do that? She was like, no, it wasn't new. You just improved on it. Hi, this is Michelle Smyva, and I want to talk to you today about nothing new under the sun and how you can make it seem like it's new under the sun. <laughs> so, if you would, I would love for you to join me on today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. And guess what? I'll see you on the flip. Hey, so here I am, and I am excited to turn in my first article for the journalism class that I got enrolled in at this new school. I'm in my second semester of my junior year, and a little upset. I'll be honest with you. It's a long story. I don't want to be at this new school, and I don't want to be in any of these classes, but what am I going to do? So I decided to buckle down and show my excellence of being able to hard enough to to do the assignments and to learn something. So I I dig in and I do the assignment and I turn it in and my journalism teacher Miss Carol shout out to you wherever you may be. She looks at it and I can tell she's trying to be nice. But she's like, oh, "Okay." And I'm like, "What?" Now mind you, I worked my butt off on this assignment. I read it to my mother. She was like, "Yeah, it's great." And only to turn around and be like, mm, "Yeah, it's okay." And it hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. It hurt my feelings. But the thing that I was able to to glean from this was it gave me an opportunity to learn. First of all, it taught me that just because you've completed something that's new does not mean it's going to always be a home run. And I am thankful for those strikeouts over my lifetime looking at them because those are the things that have really helped me to move forward. So th- let me get to the, to, to the nitty gritty of what Miss Carol said, because there's some things I want to talk, talk to you about today. And um, she gave me some powerful things. Now, there were many lessons of, of how she taught us to write our sentences. Miss Carol was the first person that taught me how to write an active statement. She was the first person that introduced me to the power of action verbs as opposed to passive and, and when you would use the passive voice. She was the first person to teach me how to do second voice to break the fourth wall, to talk to people uh, through the written word. So there was a lot that she she taught me about. But today, I want to focus on this one thing that she came up with. She reviewed everything and she was like, uh, Michelle, I'm going to teach you something. She says, because if you if you learn this, then you will always be able to find the angle on a news story. And she taught me this. She said, what you want to do is you want to look and find and, and suss out the new angle, not the improved. And I was like, huh? 
And so she was like, you want to look at the new angle, not the improved. Now, I've gone on through the years to hear other people iterating, and even some people have tried to take credit for coming up with it. But that it's, it's old. It's old. Just, just remember this. And she even went on to say and teach the class over and over again. Now, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not trying to put words in her mouth, but this is what, how I remember it. She would teach us that there is nothing new under the sun, but you can make it new by making it look like a new sparkling star. And that was powerful. So things that she taught me, she was like teaching us the journalistic way. She was like, don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. The lead is your hook to keep people reading. And she says, you can give them the details at the bottom, but you need to get to the point at the top. Don't bury the lead. Now, I know in my rambling stories, a lot of times I might bury the lead. Forgive me, Miss Carol, but today I'm coming with it. So the the lead is this. You want to have new, not improved. What's the difference between new and improved? New is the breaking story. Improved is the story that you cobble together from other people's accounts and you do a retelling on it with a few new insights. And you see, that's the thing. I was confusing new insights with new. Her assignment was, she gave everybody the same assignment and she was like, I want you to find a new way to tell this story. And I gave new insights. I had all my research. I knew what everybody said about it. But all I did was gave a new insight on it. And I'm just going to say it, for my recollection, none of us got it right anyway. (laughs) But this was a teaching moment that she had constructed to be so. And when she got through with us, taking us through this process, that's kind of a little fuzzy to me because over the years I've, I've made my own process. I still want to say that this was one of the most valuable lessons that I learned. So after she taught us how not to bury the lead, she was like, the way you find what the lead is, is by asking these six journalistic questions. And you guys already know them. So I'm just going to give them to you. All right. So who, what, when, where, how, and why? These are the six journalistic questions that you need to answer. If you don't answer them, you don't have a story. If you don't answer them, you don't know what is really going on. And if you don't answer them, you don't know how to go and find a different angle to present this as a new story. When she talked about going through this who, what, when, why, where, how, why, um, she would tell us whatever sticks out It might be the who of the situation. That might be your angle. Follow the people. It might be the what. That would be um, what is actually the subject about. That might be your angle. The where. She said a lot of times people would overlook the where. They would look at, uh, so, so busy looking at the who and the what, that there were jewels to be found by looking at the location. That she talked about location scream, a silent scream of information that people overlook. You know, it's so it's so wonderful to read, you know, channel those um classes that she gave us. I'll never forget her class because I I remember us uh, pausing to watch uh, the Challenger uh, in live time and it took off and and exploded and and we're sitting there watching this in real time and I thought it was a a joke. And so that's another reason why this class that I took stuck out so much in my mind. 
Let me tell you how good finding the new instead of just the improved is. I went from that last semester of my junior year learning how to write to becoming the new editor of the paper that she was over in my senior year. And yeah, I did it so I could have something to go on my college exams, but it challenged me. Little did I know the stuff that I was learning there, I was going to take many, many decades, not many, many decades, but decades later, I'm just going to leave it at that, and become a best-selling um, author of fiction because of those seeds she planted there. Also, little did I know, is that she was helping along with the education I was getting at home from my my mother and my grandparents on how to look at things differently and think differently. She was teaching me a process by which I could always find the new angle, not the new insight, the whole new angle. And so with new as opposed to improved, There is something that taps into our innate understanding of who we are. Why are we always excited about what is new now and next? Why do we like popular music? Why do more people tend to like the newest trends instead of the old classics that have proven themselves through time? Why is it that, as my grandmother used to like to say it when we were being our rambunctious selves, why are we like... um, Worms and hot ashes, always moving, always got to be doing something, as my grandmother liked to say. Those questions can be answered in the fact that we are energy. We're concentrated uh, masses of energy. And, you know, and if you're doing theoretical, you would even say mass doesn't exist. It's just, it's just a, you know, a lot of energy and vibration and frequencies moving in compacted or concentrated efforts. But I digress. Let me get back on this. Because we are energy, and at this particular time, we accept a general definition of energy as uh, that um, substance that is moving into and out of uh, form, neither created nor destroyed. And so we look at energy as this ever-moving thing, so much so that we even say that in this life, there's only a certainty. Now, of course, they put taxes in there, but I'm going to take it out. And I'm just going to say that the certainty that you have is that there is change. Now, how do you reconcile that there's nothing new under the sun with all you have is change? And I'm going to say it because it's it lies right in my generalized, colloquialized understanding, you know, of um, energy, where it says that it is neither created nor destroyed but it is ever moving into and out of form. So that's how you can have nothing new under the sun, but it's always moving into and out of form. Meaning that nothing is new, but it is completely new. (laughs) And and that's one of those great mysteries. You know, there was a podcast I talked about, uh, I think, um, no, I know it was uh, problems, puzzles, and mysteries and what they are. And um, and so take a look at that one. And, and if you haven't already listened to it, uh, it's a great uh, te- learning, life's life learning that I, I learned and I'm so grateful for it. So but this new not improved. Why do we poo poo on improved? But yet and still, that's what a lot of people try to give us. Well, for one, improved is way easier than new. I look at a lot of these products where they say improved. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, great, yeah. Um, And they do okay. But then when you look at these new products and they catch on, it's a brilliant thing. Now, there is something else also to be said about new. 
and 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 what makes it successful because not everything new is good. I mean, just ask uh, Betamax as a, as opposed to um, uh, um, video. You know, <laughs> okay. So I, I know I messed that one up. So VHS versus Betamax. Okay, so you know, not everything new is going to be enjoyable. So how how do you make something new that is going to work or especially if you're trying to get other people to get with you on that. How do you do that? Um, there are a couple of books that I want to highlight real quick. And uh, I, I use them from time to time because they have become some of my go-to books in my in my repertoire, of especially when I'm doing stuff uh, for um, my, my business. So one of those books is called Contagious, Why Things Catch On by Dr. Jonah Berger. And uh, yeah, I'm going to drop the links to these couple, these two books for you guys, so don't worry. And I just want to quickly uh, give you the six, six things that he talks about in this book. Still read the book because it's anecdotes and the way he goes into these things is really cool. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to list them and I'm going to keep going. So I hope that's okay with you guys. All right. So in this book, Contagious, Why Things Catch On are basically why things go viral. He says there are six components. You have a social currency. Now the word social means it's shared. And that is we share things that make us look good. And I want to talk about social currency in that they make us look good. Usually there is a humble brag, not usually, but sometimes there can be a humble brag, like see how cool I am. See how I always bring you all the great stuff, the the newest stuff, the hippest stuff. I always keep you in the know. That would be in the social currency of stuff. Um, these are tastemakers, influencers. That's where you're going to find uh, things and people in the social currency. Number two, he talks about triggers. What is on the top of your mind is on the tip of your tongue. And so triggers, uh, and and I'm, I'm going to harp, not harp on, but I'm going to revisit triggers when I talk about the next book that I'm recommending today. But triggers, uh, what has a big enough impact for it uh, to be at the forefront of what you're thinking about. Usually this is going to be your gossip. It's going to be your headline news. It's going to be things that you want to talk about immediately. It has an immediacy to it because it's a trigger. It's a subconscious, um, uh, maybe sometimes unconscious trigger to get you to move towards an action. Remember, top of mind, tip of tongue. Number three, is emotions. We care and then we share. So when we care, we share. Think of all the cute little um, videos you get of uh, baby animals and cats and babies and those types of things. When we have that awe factor, we want to share it. And then there's the one called public. Now, the public one, built to show, built to grow, that's going to be around apps and um, social sharing sites and things like that. Um, Fortnite is, is a good example of when, when it's coming out or, or, or how well you're doing on it. It's built to show and thus it's built to grow. And uh, Facebook will fall under that. Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, all of those will fall under those. So the fifth one is going to be practical value. That's uh, the news you can use. Practical value. Is it ingenious? Does it save you time, a learning curve, or labor, or, you know, movement? Um, 
there are many YouTube videos that make a, a fine living off of practical value by showing you hacks and tricks and shortcuts. That's going to fall into that area. And then, of course, good old story. That's my home. That's where I love to live. That's going to be information uh, packed into the um the words and the the meanings behind the stories that we deliver. So it's going to be stories, comedy, uh, TED Talks. It's going to be parables, those types of things. Great stories are going to deliver information through those stories. And those are going to be ways to make something uh, stick, something catch on. Now, I could have used made to stick. They've got six steps as well. Um, but for this one, I wanted to talk about Dr. Dr. Burgers because I loved his anecdotes that he used. Uh, Made to Stick is another book. I might drop the link in there as well. And they have this acronym for steps and uh, you can check it out. But the other book that I wanted to talk to you about real fast today is called Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products by uh, Nir Eyal. And he has this hook model. And I wanted to pair these books together because a lot of times when I'm uh, putting together new training, sometimes even with um, new series and, and things that I'm, I'm working on, I'll use these types of things to inform my decisions on what I choose for my creativity. So his hook model it only has four parts to it. Um, and they're, they're very simple, but they're ingenious. So the first thing is triggers. Remember I just talked about in the previous book, Contagious, Why Things Catch On. Dr. Berger talks about triggers. What's on the tip of the mind gets to the tip of the tongue. Well, here in this book, Hooked, he goes into the first step. And these are in order. Being a trigger. What initiates a loop or an action? What hits that subconscious to get you aware or subconsciously aware? What triggers your initial action uh, to, of something? So think of it. It could be a notification or an email or some type of um, let's uh, badge, uh, icon, or, or something like that that you earn or you get. Okay, so it's something out of, out of out of nowhere and it just comes and it triggers you. Okay, that trigger sets up an action. That's going to be number two. So once you've been triggered with that notification on your phone, you do something with it. The simplest thing could be is that you press on um, the notification to see what's happening. Okay, um, a lot of times when you get notifications on your phone, somebody liked or commented on your uh, Instagram. And so you got the notification, you click on it. So the next thing that happens after that is what he calls variable reward. Now, why is it variable? It's because it really kind of depends on what it is. And it could be social validation. It could be, um, and when I say social validation, meaning you click on it and you get a, a small bump of uh, reward from reading what somebody said or seeing how many likes you have accrued on, on that. Uh, and, and he even talks about how the variable part of this reward is so important. Um, and, and, that, and the reason why he says that is because for this model to work, your reward should not be predictable. And this is where 
places like Facebook and stuff are coming under heat now because what they're doing is, is they're working on this variable reward system, almost kind of like the same thing that happens when you go and play the slots. Every time you pull the lever doesn't mean you win. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But even in that, any, even in your winning, sometimes you win big and sometimes you win marginally. So he talks about that variable part of the reward being so important because you want to encourage people to guess what? Continuously repeat this cycle. So just because you get a notification does not mean that it means good news that somebody liked or comment. Sometimes it might be a notification like, hey, you need to share something with your people. They haven't heard from you today. <laughs> you know, something like that. But you're still clicking on it. And a lot of times you'll still do what they're suggesting so that you can get that reward in the near future. So the next part, his fourth part on this is investment. And so what ends up happening is, is if you've taken them through the trigger, the action and some type of variable reward, they're going to invest back into this so that they can have this loop happen over and over so they can continue to get their dopamine shots and hits of well-being um, so they can feel good. And it's not diabolical. It's just biological. And so in this book, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, you don't have to just do it with products. You can do it with um so many different uh, aspects. Say, for instance, you're trying to overcome a bad habit. You can do the same thing with a good habit. Say, for instance, you need to finally take care of some stuff so that you can increase your quality of life. You can do this same thing with building or overriding other habits. Now, because you never really get rid of a habit. You can just override it with a better habit uh, to get you into a new loop of behavior so that you can have what you want. And so that's why I wanted to highlight how these two books work together. So let's bring this back to, well, Michelle, what does this have to do with new over improved? Well, I'm glad you asked. And even if you didn't, this is what you should ask. So going back to Miss Carol and her training on how to break down a story to make sure you have the necessary components, how to figure out what the lead is and get this. The reason why she wanted us to make sure that we could answer those six questions of who, what, when, where, how, and why. And I always put why on the back end because sometimes you don't know the why. Sometimes that's where the story is developing because the why has to do with the motivations and the background and the history of it. Sometimes you don't have that. But if you have it, you know, that's fine. So she taught us to make sure we had as many of those components as possible. And then we would look for the angles. Which part is going to be the low-hanging fruit? Which one is, is the majority of people reporting on it going to go after? A lot of times that has to do with who and what and when. But a lot of people don't look for the wares. A lot of people don't want to look for the hows. They don't want to look for the whys because they take a little more time. And so looking at those, that's where, you, not all the time, but that's where you can find a great way to have a new angle. Then she would say, don't bury the lead. And when Miss Carol was talking about burying the lead, what she was talking about was getting to the gist of why a person would want to read or want to get there. Now, burying the lead, meaning that you're, you're putting off the most important part of the story, does not mean you're telling them the story. It means that you're giving them the greatest hook. So in journalistic and writing terms, our hook is the same as, guess what? You got it, the trigger. 
what is going to hook or trigger that person to be involved and invest invested in what you're doing. So what she was teaching us was she was teaching us uh, what uh, Nir Idal would go Iyal would go on to teach us would be the hook method. So you use uh, your lead to hook a person. Then you get they get an action where the action is you write so that they read the next sentence. That is going to be the action. And they do this for a variable reward of continuing for you to unfold more information as you go. And thus, if you've done it right, they are now liking what you're doing. They're hooked and they're going to continue doing this cycle by continuing to read the story. And hopefully they'll read the next story and the next story and the next story so they can continue to be in this loop. Now, being new as opposed to improved means that you can drop in some of these contagious things that uh, Dr. Berger talked about. Now, we didn't have Dr. Berger at the, at the time, but a lot of time when we were writing, there were usually three of these triggers that we wanted to appeal to at any given time. And I'm going to tell you, the ones we wanted to do is we wanted to tell a good story. So remember, he talked about his story and de delivering information through the story. So you wanted to have a good story. You wanted it to also have um, social currency. You wanted it to be things that people talked about. You wanted our kids in, in, in the school reading this paper to talk about it and share it. You know, we we wanted um, to have um, the uh, practical value on some of the articles, news you can use. We wanted to help them be aware of things, uh, whether it be voting or cafeteria issues or whatever it was. So uh, at any given time, we were using all of these, of course, always using triggers. <laughs> and so, like I said before, it's kind of like these things come through at different times and they just add layers and, and layers of more understanding of stuff that you, you're taught and you and you learn. And so I come out on the other end of this looking at sometimes the very essence of um, that statement that says um, knowledge as a curse, meaning that you might have an expertise in something and because it comes so naturally to you because either that's a natural born talent or it's a skill you've worked over, over worked on over the years, you think everybody knows how to do it. And so I am doing that now. I am looking at uh, where my knowledge is a curse and and taking the leap to share and, and saying, like, like, to me, I'm like, everybody knows how to do this. But yet and still, I'm going to share it for that person who may not know this. So let me tell you, when you want to be new, when you want to have things um, uh, get people's attention, there's this thing, it's called um, uh, A&T attention and trust. You want to get someone's attention and once you have it, you want them to trust you. This is a great model for doing it. So what do you want to do? You want to make sure that you can answer at least the top five of those six things that you need to have for journalistic integrity. And that's going to be the who, what, when, where, how, and then the why. Especially if you can answer the why, because if you can answer the why, the why talks about the background. And a lot of times people are interested in that why. You can give that to them first. And then I'll be honest with you, they'll be willing to pay you for the how and the and all the other stuff if you give them a good why. Okay. So there's that. Looking at those things, looking at what pops up that you can go down the rabbit hole uh, to investigate, to give people a different angle on it a different view. That's not the easy, low-hanging part of it. That's going to be where you're going to find your lead or your hook or your trigger of how you get people interested. Remember, it's about getting their attention. 
getting their attention. And then you're going to build the trust because you're going to have a complete story where you can give them the information that satisfies them. Have you ever had something? I watched a movie the other um, night and I was so frustrated and I knew that that's how this um this director likes to do things. But I watched the movie hoping that maybe he didn't do it this time and I'll be doggone it if he didn't. I cannot stand when a movie sets up a premise and they have not satisfactorily filled it enough for them to have a cliffhanger ending on a, on a story that's not ever going to be a part two to it. That just chafes my but anyway that's this is not what this is about you want to give something that's satisfying and so the wisdom smack here is that it doesn't matter if you're trying to sell something you know it doesn't matter what you're trying to do It, it this is applicable for not only um business but as life if you are stuck in a situation that keeps happening over and over again Stop trying to improve it. Find a new angle. If you can't lose weight, you know, and you've tried dieting, you've tried all these different things, go back to the foundations of who, what, when, why, how, and you know, where. Look at them. Find a new angle. Look for what sticks out the most. That's going to be your new lead, your new hook, your new trigger. And then cultivate a new program, a new way of doing this. We already know there's nothing new under the sun, but there are new ways to explore it. And that is, I think, the gift of creation and creativity. Always finding a new way to make what we got to work with enjoyable. You know, so I know I gave you a lot today. I know I talked about, um, things that, you know, are, are dense. And, and I gave you two books with between them, 10 things to understand. But this is what I just really kind of want you to want you to get. The Wisdom Smack is all about the new versus the improved. The improved is stagnant. It is um, what can continues to keep you with old stuff, old thinking. We know that this is all about uh, moving and changing like the energy we are. So I want you to stick with that. The next thing on this Wisdom Smack is I want you to understand this. And that is that the reason why you want to go with the new is because the new keeps you growing, evolving, and achieving and moving forward moving upward, moving outward. Stagnation is death. Movement is life. So if you can't remember anything else today, new, not improved, new equals life. Go get your life. Go make your life new. Don't be um, so stagnant. Don't be so um, clingy to what is known. Move forward. And so that is going to do it for me today. I really enjoy uh, being able to share this stuff with you guys. I really hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I really want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Now, if you listen on whatever platform, I encourage you to like it, rate it, review it, comment on it. Heck, there's even a way for you to send me a message. 
do those things. Let me know you're out there. Give me some feedback so we can continue to grow this conversation. And as always, I'm going to put these um, the books that I mentioned in the show notes. And there are various different ways in the bottom of the show notes on how to support this podcast. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.